You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. This is the 100 Huntley Street podcast. My name is Greg Musselman. Today we're going to talk about something very important and very practical, and that is forgiving your enemies or forgiving those that have done terrible things to you, or at least things that you perceive have been done to you. And not only forgiving, but then get to a place where you actually love the people that you perceived as your enemies. And we're going to be talking to uh, the director for Youth for Christ in Lebanon, and he said that he wanted nothing to do with the Syrians because of all the history and the things that had gone on between the Syrians and the Lebanese, and how he got to the point of not only being able to tolerate them and to start to forgive them, but then get to a point where he actually loved them, and now he's doing amazing things and loving these people and seeing many of them come into a relationship with Jesus. I've worked with the Voice of the Martyrs for over two decades, and I've interviewed hundreds of persecuted Christians. In fact, I was just in Nigeria and talked to two widows there. Both their husbands had been murdered by militant Islamists, And, you know, we talk about, okay, what happened, and you hear the story, and they're tragic stories. You know, these are mothers that now are raising their children without uh, the father, and they don't have their husband. Uh, One case, he was a pastor, and now the church has lost the pastor. And, of course, there's going to be bitterness and anger when these kinds of things happen. But, you know, and, and as I was asking the question, well, how did you then go from a point of actually hating these people and, and, and you know, from a world perspective, certainly have the reason to hate them, the, the terrible things they did, but how did you get to the point where you could actually forgive them? And uh, so we're going to hear about that today, and then a little bit later on, I want to be praying for maybe you're one of those people that, okay, yeah, but you don't know what this person did to me. And the importance of forgiveness, because, you know, we think, well, it's weak to forgive, because, I mean, that's kind of, again, the world perspective. Look what they've done to me. They don't deserve forgiveness. Well, reality is they don't, but neither do we. So we're going to talk about that coming up a little bit later on the program and how it unlocks us to be able to do the things that God wants us to do. You know, we've been hearing a lot about Israel and Gaza, and I remember meeting a lady, Pauline is her name, and her husband, Rami, he ran the Bible Society in Gaza, and he was murdered by militant Islamists. And it took her a long time to be able to get through that forgiveness process, and how once she was able to do that, then the Lord unlocked a number of doors for her to be ministering now to widows that have gone through the things that she has gone through. So forgiveness is just such an important thing. Uh, You know, Jesus tells us, you know, we need to forgive, and if we don't forgive, our Father in Heaven won't forgive us. Again, those are really hard things to understand and comprehend, but it is important that we forgive. So I know you're going to appreciate uh, the interview coming up. Again, as you're listening to it, and, and and just try to, even in your own circumstances, are there people that you need to forgive and people that I need to forgive? It's so very important. So we'll have that interview, and uh, later on we'll rejoin you, and uh, we'll be praying together and, and, again, trying to unlock that uh, forgiveness so that we can walk and be the people that God wants us to be. Well, Jesus said uh, we're to love our enemies, and this radical teaching didn't go over very well with Maher al-Hajj. Now, he knew what the Bible said, but he did want to apply it to a certain uh, group of people that he didn't really care for. Maher is the director for Youth for Christ in Lebanon and admits he hated Syrians, and from his perspective, he had good reason to resist those words of Jesus, but obviously something changed because now he loves his enemies. We'll get to that in a moment. Maher, thank you for being here on 100 Holly Street. 
Thank you. My privilege to be here. All the way from Beirut, Lebanon. Now, before we get into this transformation that you had in your life and how you now are not only loving but serving Syrian people, uh, let's go back to your childhood. You were actually born in Saudi Arabia. Your father was there because of work. Uh, but at the age of about 10, you returned to Lebanon, and that was kind of the end of the Civil War. Uh, so just tell me a little bit about the early years in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so I come from a nominal Christian family. Um, was living and studying in Saudi. Uh, all my friends were uh, Muslims, and uh, I knew more about Saudi Arabia and the religion than, than who am I as a Christian. And it wasn't until we came back to Lebanon that I started understanding what does it mean to be a Christian. Now, it's interesting. You're, you said your dad, your parents, I guess, were nominal uh, Christians, uh, but your dad was very, you know, wanting you to make sure that you had that Christian background. Uh, what do you think that was? It was just something that he felt that was important for you? Yeah, he, he was worried that because my upbringing was in Saudi, so I didn't know much. Uh, he was worried uh, that I would lose my heritage okay. uh, as a Maronite Catholic uh, in Lebanon. And he wanted me and my siblings to, to know our roots. So when we came back to Lebanon, he put me in a, in a big Catholic school to, to get introduced what it means to be a Christian. So did that start to change some of your then perspective about what it was maybe to eventually when you make a decision to follow Jesus that, you know, you were starting to understand again that there's obviously difference between Islam exactly. and Christianity. Exactly. Which I didn't know much. Okay. Yeah. But, but you were learning. Now, in school, though, uh, you had a very traumatic experience. Somebody that you knew, a young man, uh, decided to, to take his life. And that really started, I guess, opening you up to, you know, what, what are we here for? What's this life all about? Yes. Um, my friend committed suicide at the age of 15. Mm. And he left a suicide note that said, life is meaningless. Um, I hate life and I prefer to die. And he killed himself in school. And that just shocked us. And it took me on a journey to look for meaning and purpose in life. And I started asking questions to Christians, Muslims, other religious leaders, reading books, and nothing really stuck to my mind that really made me understand the reason why are we born on this earth? Yeah, I think we all go through that, especially when there's a traumatic experience. And then life kind of takes over and it kind of gets pushed to the background. I know that was my experience and obviously that was your experience. But you connected with an organization that's very dear to your heart now. Mm -hmm. Tell me about, uh, you know, kind of that, that event when you went to a camp mm -hmm. and, uh, and heard more about Jesus. So I, I went to this uh, event that was done by Youth for Christ in Lebanon. It was a Christmas event. So in Lebanon, we have snow in, in December and they took us up to the mountains. It was called 24 crazy hours in the snow without sleep. Okay. And it was really crazy. They kept us up for 24 hours, no sleeping. And that's the first time I got uh, to know genuine followers of Jesus. And that intrigued me. And I wanted to know more about who they are and what they believed. I started asking them all these questions about life and the meaning of life. And they kept referring me to verses in the Bible that I have never read the Bible by the age of 16, although I was a Christian. I mean, that's, again, that's interesting because you've, you've been around Christianity, you know, that Jesus died on the cross and you know some of the, you know, the religious trappings, I yes. suppose, of the Christian religion. Mm -hmm. uh, but w did, did something then start to stir in your heart saying that, okay, I've, I've, maybe I've had this experience towards Christianity, mm -hmm. but there's something deeper now? Yeah, I, I felt there's something they had I didn't have. 
I didn't really know what it is. But they encouraged me to keep coming to their programs. And I continued coming, looking for what's missing in my life. And when one, one, one night they were teaching from John 10.10, I have come to give you life, yes, but an abundant yeah, life. And they yeah. started explaining what does abundant mean. And they said, if you want meaning for life, if you want a purpose, you need to follow Jesus. You need to give your heart to Jesus. And it just, I'm like, that's what I want. I want Jesus. And my best friend who invited me to come to YFC and myself that night made a decision to follow Christ. How did that then go over with uh, your family? Because they're, yeah, you're, we're Christians, yeah. but now you're really wanting to follow Jesus. And yeah, I started reading the Bible, started praying, I started fasting, I started going to church regularly. It was weird for them. <laughs> and they're like, okay, what's, what's going on? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I want to live what the Bible is teaching me. So they, they kept me doing that, thinking it's just a phase. He's young, he's trying something new. They didn't know how serious I was, and that will determine my life and future. How did that impact them? Well, at the beginning, they were like watching and just at far and seeing what's happening. And then when they saw the transformation in my life, they're like, why don't you take your two brothers and sister with you to Youth for Christ? Oh, God. So my two brothers and sisters start coming to Youth for Christ and, and you know, uh, experiencing what ex I experienced. And eventually my dad became a follower of Jesus as well. Oh, wow, that's, that's, that's just beautiful. So you make the decision to follow Jesus. You go to university. Were you thinking ministry along that no, at that time? No, no, no. My, my dad wanted me to be, to study business. He, he dreamt that I would be this bank manager because the banking sector is the big thing in Lebanon. So yeah, he had big dreams for me. And I went into business because my dad wanted to. Which would make sense, and you, and you understand that. But along the way, uh, you started to feel this, well, what can we call it? It was a call to, to serve Jesus. Yes. Um, I don't know. Before finishing university, I, I started having that, that calling that, what's next for you? You're going to end up working in the bank, and then what? How will that make an impact for the kingdom of God in Lebanon or the region? And there was this... this uh, passion, that fire burning in, in my heart that I think I can do something else for the kingdom. And I went for military service for one year because that was mandatory in Lebanon. And before finishing my service, I got an offer from YFC and two other Christian organizations to go into full-time ministry. And I prayed about that and I made a decision to go with Youth for Christ. And Youth for Christ is an amazing organization. So now you're in ministry. And there's things going on in Syria, and there's, you know, a couple million people eventually would come into Lebanon. Uh, you know, the, the, the country's struggling. You didn't like, I guess the word would be, you hated Syrian people. Tell me kind of what was going on in your mind, because I'm sure there's conflict here. You know, I'm to love, but I don't really care much for these people. Yeah, so my university years was when the Syrian occupation was at Lebanon. When the war ended in 1990, Syria occupied Lebanon for 15 years yeah. till 2005. And to say the least, we were treated very harshly. Uh, and we, as the young generation, wanted to revolt against this. We wanted our own freedom, our own independence. And the Syrians did very bad things to us and to our families. And their story to many families, people that have disappeared, been tortured or killed. So my generation was a generation that hated, had this anger and bitterness against anything that's Syrian. And eventually the 2005 events were 
our prime minister was assassinated and right. the Syrians got the blame for that, eventually led for the Syrians to leave. And that was our relief. We're done. We're done with them forever. But we didn't, we didn't know that it's going to be forever. Yeah, it's, no, it lasted in, in even till this day. Yeah. So you'd, you, know, you had this hatred and I, I, some ways, well, I'm justified. I mean, look what they've done. And mm -hmm. I understand that the atrocities that were committed. But what changed then in your heart that you go from, uh, you know, hating to obeying what Jesus said to love your enemies? Because, and again, I, it's not just sort of a switch it on off kind of thing, but what, what went on in your heart? So in 2011, Syrians refugees started crossing the border into Lebanon because of the civil war right, yeah. in Syria. And um, I was taking over uh, Youth for Christ to become the new national director. And I was faced with the challenge, what are we going to do with them? And my first response was like, nothing. I don't <laughs> care. Why, why should we do anything to them? I, I have Lebanese young people to take care and to show them Christ. I don't care about them, especially that they're people we don't like. They're our enemies. It's not my responsibility. But I was struggling with that because I knew what the Bible taught about loving your neighbor, but also loving your enemy and those who persecute you. Yeah. So I knew, I knew the truth in the Bible, but I'm like, I want to turn a blind eye about that. Like, I'll follow other things in the Bible, but this one, it's not for me. Let the United Nations, let other agencies take care of the or other ministries. Yeah, we're, we're a youth ministry. Why should we care about refugees? And honestly, it was a huge spiritual struggle. I, I, I was battling with the Lord. I was arguing with him. I was upset with him. Like this, I, I want nothing to do with it. But at some point, I got to a place where like, you know what, Lord, it's, it's your problem. If you want me to work with refugees, if you want Youth for Christ to engage in that, you have to make it happen. I give up, I surrender, let your will be done. Thinking that I'm challenging him and he won't be able to do anything. Yeah, use somebody else. Use somebody else. Yeah. And then honestly, the work of the Holy Spirit started. Oh. Healing my heart, healing my mind, the, the hate, the anger, the bitterness started just going down and down as if it never happened. And it just transformed him forever. And I remember going and sharing with our staff and volunteers about this and like, what? What are we doing? Like, will our board accept that? And I went to the board and told them I'm going to do this. And some board members were not even happy and some even left because they couldn't understand why should we be doing this. And I told them that's what Jesus wants us to do. You know, I was a sinner and on the cross he died for my sins. So now I'm seeing the refugees through the eyes of Jesus. He died for them on the cross oh, yes. as he died on the cross for me. And who am I not to allow the Syrian refugee youth to be introduced to Jesus. And that just shifted the way, I think. And YFC started engaging, working with Syrian refugee youth. And we're almost out of time, but what has God done then uh, through you, your ministry, Youth for Christ, amongst the Syrian youth? It took us in a journey of reconciliation. Ah. In 2 Corinthians 5, where it says that we're ambassadors of peace, we're ambassadors of reconciliation. So we started dreaming, how can we reconcile Lebanese youth with Syrian refugees, or even Lebanese with Palestinian or Armenians with Kurds, because in Lebanon there's a lot of people living, there's a lot of anger and bitterness because of political and religious reasons. So we started dreaming of planting a reconciliation center, and we planted that in 2018 in an area where all of these people lived and didn't get along. And our vision was to reconcile young people to the Lord and reconcile young people with each other. And this center started catering for the needs of young people and introducing them to 
what does it mean to be reconciled? And it started an incredible transformation in that community where Lebanese and Syrians and Palestinians, everyone can get along and coexist because of what Christ did for us. You know, it's amazing what uh, God has done in your heart. Uh, it's just beautiful, almost brings me to tears because Paul said that we have this ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we say it all the time, Jesus is really the only hope. But, uh, you know, we appreciate what you're doing, Youth for Christ and all the work that you're doing and, uh, and so appreciate your heart and how God got a hold of your heart and, and how he's using you in such a powerful way. So thank you for coming and visiting with us and we'll continue to pray for Lebanon. God okay. is doing amazing things right throughout the Middle East. And, uh, you know, if you're, as you've listened to this story today and you're saying, well, you know what, I, I've got reason to hate somebody. Look what they did to me. And I, mean, I travel all over the world with a persecuted church and forgiveness is not easy. Easy, you know, and as Mahar said, it's really an act and a work of the Holy Spirit. And if you just want somebody to pray with you, uh, give us a call. We've got amazing people that are standing by that'll help you. And sometimes you say, I, I forgive, but you don't even really mean it in your heart. But the Holy Spirit can get a hold of you. So give us a call, 1 273 4444. It's our prayer lines. You can also uh, email us. Maybe you think, well, I, I don't know if I want to talk to somebody. It's pretty personal. You can email us at prayer at crossroads.ca or you can chat with us live. Again, there's hope. Jesus gives us that ministry of reconciliation and he wants to set us free. We'll be right back. Maher's story is just so powerful of how God took a young man and totally transformed his heart. He hated the Syrian people and, you know, he felt justified. Look at all the things that they have done to us. And, you know, I'm not going to love them and I'm going to, you know, concentrate on my ministry to the young people of Lebanon. But then the Lord got a hold of his heart and it came through forgiveness. You have to have that step. It's it's so emotional at times and depending on what's happened. And it's been interesting as I've you know mentioned before interviewing hundreds of persecuted Christians is everybody's story is different. Some it seems to be almost instantaneous. You know, something horrible happened. They know the scripture. Jesus said to, you know, to forgive those that have sinned against you and done horrible things. And, and then even to go a step further, to bless those that are persecuted and love your enemies. I mean, this is the, you know, revolutionary teachings of Jesus. And it's just not just something that we memorize or have on our fridge as a Bible verse, but it's something that we're actively to do, because if we don't, it can limit what God wants to do in our lives. It, it just releases us and frees us. And as, that, as, we, as you heard in the interview today, and, and if you want to hear more interviews of people that have walked through forgiveness and how God is then using them, go to the 100 Huntley Street website at 100huntley.com. Many stories there of how God you know, works through people. And that's why we tell these stories, because all of us have things that we're working on. And so let's pray. Let's say, uh, you know, if there's something that, you know, that you're holding back and maybe unforgiveness and you say, you're, you know, you're justified to feel that way. Yeah, but we need to let it go. It releases us to do the things, as I say, that God wants us to do. And it's, there's freedom found there. So Father, we thank you that we can come to you and ask you, Lord, to help us to forgive those that have hurt us and have done maybe terrible things. And Lord, we know that in our own strength, we can't do that. We, we mentally know the scripture, but we need your Holy Spirit to inactivate that in our heart, to release us from the things that are holding us back, to love those that have even done terrible things. It may not mean that we're back in relationship, and it may mean sometimes that does happen, but 
we release that. And so, Lord, help us. Even when we don't feel like it, we we need your help. And I, and I think of Pauline's story uh, from Gaza when Rami, her husband, was killed for his work with the Bible Society there and how she just said it took a long time, but eventually it broke and then the doors opened for her to minister to other widows. And we may not feel like it. We may, we may just be holding on to things, Lord, but by your spirit, these things can be released. So again, we thank you, Lord, that we come to you. You are the one that forgives us and that because of that, we forgive others. We thank you for, again, the opportunity to come into your presence. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And if you need somebody to pray with you, uh, just agreeing with somebody, you know, like I've worked through some of these issues myself and somebody's done something to me and it was hard. I just needed to tell somebody and and get them to pray for me. And if you want somebody to pray for you, 1-866-273-4444 is our prayer line number. You can also email us if you want confidentiality there at prayer at crossroads.ca. And also you can chat live with us. Somebody on the internet will chat with you at crossroads.ca. Well, thank you for listening. God bless you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on the 100 Huntley Street Podcast. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.